Should make us live. This is Aussie Mac Zone. We'll cover everything Apple, including Macs, iPhones, iPads, and more. All this from an Aussie perspective. Sit back, relax, insert yourself into the zone. The Aussie Mac Zone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Aussie Max Zone 369. 369, man. That works out, doesn't it? 369. <laughs> so, how are we tonight, young Zan? Fantastic, Michael. How are you? I'm just telling everyone we're live. Excellent. So, yeah. If you're looking behind me, yes, that is my broom. Uh... <laughs> did you fly in there tonight, did you? I did, I did. <laughs> All right, so give me one sec while I yell out to my darling wife. So I've got a slide, I can see us. Yeah. If I turn this up, hang on. Yep, got perfect sound. So. I think we're all good. Yeah, I think so. Our Aussie Apple ramblings this week start with, continuing on from last week's, just as, sorry. Hang on, everyone. Well done. She was saying everything was great. I thought it was everything was crap, but anyway, <laughs> I didn't know what she was saying. <laughs> but you could read my list when I told you I'm here. <laughs> I know, but you're cuter. <laughs> so, continuing on from last week's story about if Google take their search engine away. The Daily Mail reports Bing makes a huge change to their homepage after Google threatened to leave Australia as Microsoft offers to let advertisers switch for free and promise to pay its fair share. The Microsoft-owned web competitor has linked to Australia's best-known news sites to the bottom of its homepage after Google threatened to leave Australia in objection to the newly introduced legislation around news websites. The promised that sorry, the proposed law introduced to the Australian Parliament in December will force Facebook and Google to negotiate fees with news companies whose stories appear on their platforms. Google has claimed the law, known as the News Media Bargaining Code, would break the way search works and would mean the company has no choice but to exit the Australian market. But Bing has backed the code and as it aims to erode Google's market dominance. While other tech companies may sometimes threaten to leave Australia, Microsoft will never make such a threat, President Brad Smith said in a statement. So uh, we appreciate what Australia has long meant for Microsoft's growth as a company and we are committed to supporting the country's national security and economic success. So there is more... Uh, on the link in the web page. So, any so if we have to use Bing, yeah. does that mean we have to use 
Oh, what's it called now? It's not Explorer anymore, is it? No, no. You just change your search engine to Bing. To Bing in, in Google. In, no, nah, in, in so Safari. So if I'm using Google Chrome, if I'm using Google Chrome, I can't use that anymore. No, you have to use so Safari. I use Safari. Like so what happens to... Actually, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. Okay, cool. Because what happens to all the Chromebooks in Australia? Every single Chromebook. Yeah, you must be able to choose would, your search engine. Would uh, then be rendered useless. No, no, no. You just choose your search engine. Or you just go to www.bing.com.au yeah. and, and, um, and just type in your search in there. That's all there is to it. Your start page my, would be my opinion hasn't My opinion hasn't changed from last week. <laughs> so, yeah. So Edge is the one you're thinking about, the new Microsoft browser. That's what it is. It's no longer Explorer. It's now Microsoft yeah. Edge, which is just And you just can probably put that on it. There's probably a Chromebook version of that. That nobody wants to use. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm only being honest. Like, it's I'm, just a search know, engine. What search engine do uh, you want to use? <laughs> I know I'm being rude, uh, but it's Never. honesty. And <laughs> I, I think uh, the government's being greedy, as always, especially this government. And um, <laughs> that's all I've got really to say about it, because if I say any more, I'm just going on a tangent. So yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. Because it's in that show. Next. Yeah. Next story. <laughs> and uh, give me two seconds because I've been lazy and I haven't pulled it up. Because <laughs> I've been distracting uh, you. You have. There we go. All right, there we go. Mark Zuckerberg could not convince Aussie Treasurer to back down on new media code. Zednet reports Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, Frydenberg <laughs> that's a horrible name, um, has revealed that he spoke directly with Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Name dropping already. Oh, I spoke to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and the media... <laughs> and the media... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> bargaining code that is making its way to law down under saying the social media chief didn't convince him to back down. <laughs> Last week, the minister, Paul Fletcher, and I had a meeting with Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, like no one knows where Mark Zuckerberg's from, uh, <laughs> who reached out to talk about the code and the impact on Facebook. Frydenberg said... Speaking on ABC's Insider on Sunday, they do take it seriously. It was a very constructive discussion. Mark Zuckerberg didn't convince me to back down. I don't uh, dismiss those threats, but I'm not intimidated by them either, Frydenberg said on Sunday. Whether in detailed discussion with Google, with Facebook, with the other players across the industry because this has not been a short conversation that we've had with these companies over the issues. 
This has been the product of 18 month inquiry, uh, world leading inquiry, sorry, by the ACCC. And at every step of the way, these businesses, these businesses have been consulted. There's more to the story if you're really interested to it. But yeah. Anything? Uh, Got anything to say about that? No, maybe. Nah. <laughs> and my f- battery's just gone flat on my mouse. Let's see how we go. <laughs> yeah. So, next story. I've got to reach over to reach the screen now to turn it off. Right. Older Apple TV will require AirPlay for YouTube video playback starting next month. 9 to 5 Mac reports YouTube will soon require AirPlay for video playback on older Apple TV streaming boxes. This means users will need to start video on another device like your iPhone or your iPad to view content on the Apple TV. The change doesn't affect the two Apple TV boxes currently being sold, the Apple TV HG 4th Gen and the Apple TV 4K 5th Gen. The two models that run tvOS and have a built-in app store will continue to have support for YouTube apps. Rather, the AirPlay requirement is for playback to third-generation Apple TV streaming boxes that were first introduced in 2012. Uh, reader Neil Zoman shared the message currently being displayed before viewing videos from YouTube on third-gen Apple TV, which reads, Starting early March, the YouTube app will no longer be available on Apple TV third-gen. You can still watch your YouTube on Apple TV 4K and HD, iPhone or iPad. With AirPlay, you can also stream YouTube to your iOS device directly to any Apple TV third-generation or later. Now, Apple has long put development support into the most recent two Apple TV hardware versions, which run a full operating system based on iOS. Older TVs relied on special arrangements between Apple and video providers for app support, as in YouTube. And there is more to the story if you want to read it. Again, on the link. Awesome. You got some gaming for so, us. Yeah. So yeah. So look, you've already got, you've got to do this if you want to watch something from Facebook. Anyway, you just sort of airplay it to the, even to the new generation. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's nothing new. It's not new technology or anything like that. We've been doing this for a long time. It's, if you've got an Apple TV and you know how to use airplay, it's really easy. Yeah, it's easy. Airplay yeah. is just the box with the arrows yeah, down the like bottom, little... and that's basically it. Yeah. Looks like a little TV on the corner. Yeah. Just press that and it'll do it. Yeah. All right, gaming. Gaming. Yes. So I've got a game called Lumen. Thank yeah. you. Pleasure. Um, so this picture is just from the, the front page of the, oh, sorry, yeah, the, the beginning of the game. Uh, that it's little box. It's just a picture of up. a box with some light coming through it. Yeah. That's right. That box opens up and you're given little lights to shine into a mirror and you've got to work out each puzzle they start off very very easy and they get harder as you get along i love a brain teaser um so i love to solve these problems um and i thought this one was really cool like, you know using uh fractions of light uh, to you know open certain levels and, and everything like that and it gets you a delicious delicious brain juice <laughs> flowing 
you know, which is important because we don't want to get none of that brain tiredness. Um, so, look, I, I love a, brain, a good brain teaser. I, I think they're great fun. I think this is a good concept on, on that uh, platform. I played it, you know, probably for about an hour today just because it's good for you. It really is good for your brain. You know, yeah. it's like Sudoku or, or something like that. It just helps you, you know, sort of your brain and your cognitive stuff or work. So yeah, I can even know, I even know the words. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I'm going to give it 3.4 apples. Good, good. Just, be, just because, well, there's heaps of these brain games out there. This one's a new concept with the light fraction and, and all that sort of stuff. I think it was cool. I love the old school decor of the beginning of the game. It's like it's in an antique shop. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry to keep you up. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, and so I think just because the decor of the game, like an old antique shop, you know, there's little pictures behind it and everything like that. The, the idea of using the light uh, for the game was was brilliant. So yeah, three three out of four out of five apples. So three point four out of five apples. Excellent. Good score. Yes. Yeah. Good score. All anything right. from entertainment this week? Nothing this week. I haven't had time to watch anything, basically. So I'm, I'm behind. I, I was away uh, Friday and Saturday this week, so I haven't yep. haven't watched Dickinson, haven't watched Palmer. Everyone's raving about how good Palmer is, the movie. Yep. Uh, but I haven't caught up with that yet. So um, Yeah, I haven't caught up with it either. I really, really, really want to watch it. Yep. Um, but uh, I haven't had a chance to. Uh, I still haven't watched Dickinson because I'm watching something else at the moment. So and and Servant, I had them behind on Servant as well. So Stan is on um, Amazon, which you're going to get on your Apple TV. Yeah, uh, the Stand by Stephen King. I, I love this story. Uh, yeah. It's probably one of the first Stephen King books I've read. Uh, I read when I was young. Um, the book's amazing. And then they made a movie from it. The movie was mm, because they never do Stephen King things right. <laughs> and then they've now done this TV series. And again, I'm like, they're bouncing back and forward from character. Instead of doing it like Walking Dead or something like that, where it just start at the beginning, meet each character along the way, yeah. tell the whole story. They're trying to bounce to and from each character and it gets confusing if you don't know what's going on yeah, yeah. it's just not well done and it's a shame so um, I know, but it's, because... a way of doing it. it's a way people do it these days there's a couple of shows i can think of where they've started to do that as well so yeah i know and look this, this tv show had so much potential because the, the, like i said that the story is phenomenal Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it does bounce back and forward in the in the book, but it's more in the dreams. And they have the dreams. They don't show the dream sequences really, uh, and then they sort of have flashes, you know. And um, it all it just all happened too quick for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm sort of six episodes in, and everything sort of is happening too quick. You know, the the books 
this yeah. big, you know, like yeah. it's it's not a small book. When it came out on movie, I remember uh, on VHS. This is how long ago it came out. It, it had two cassettes. That's how long okay. the movie was. Okay, granddad. It was a, yeah, <laughs> it was a, like it was a four-hour movie. You know, yeah. so it had two yeah. cassettes with it. You know, like and so to try to shove everything in the six six episodes. I think there's eight episodes or something like maybe even ten. Um, but to try to shove all that into where we're up to now, where I'm up to in six episodes, I think is let them down. <laughs> so that's my entertainment for uh, this week. <laughs> yep. Uh, so warning: Microsoft now changes outlook and a hotmail. Oh, now charges. Sorry, is yep. now charging. Uh, Outlook and Hotmail users to keep old emails. Tom's Guide reports Microsoft has sent out warning messages to free users of its Hotmail and Outlook services, warning them that they are reaching a new storage limit. Excuse me again, I apologise. The new limit appears to be set at 15 gig, and according to our... Colleagues over at TechRadar, such alerts have stoked the, what's that? What was that meant to say? Fire of long-term users of Microsoft email services. If users wish to boost the capacity to hold onto archived emails, then they need to pay about $100 AU a year. Yep. Hotmail was effectively phased out in 2013 when Microsoft started migrating people over from Hotmail service to its new Outlook.com email client. Through it let, though it let people keep their old Hotmail addresses, now it's a limit of 15 gig. Looks like another move to potentially shake legacy users to either purge uh, their old emails or sign up to a Microsoft 365 suite, which will boost the capacity of an Outlook account and provide access to another Microsoft service. Forking out nearly $70 to oh, ensure you don't lose... That's $100 Australian dollars, actually. That that's, is, yeah, 100 Australian mistake, dollars. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, so fork out nearly $100 Australian dollars uh, to ensure you don't lose access to what uh, was initially a free Outlook account. Uh, which you may uh, simply have used as a secondary email, which mine is. I just like um, they they closed down my original one. Yeah, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, secondary emails address like that. Uh, this writer may seem a little steep. That being said, Microsoft move uh, move has put the the free Outlook email storage limit in line with the amount of free storage Google providers. Google provides for one account access all to Google Drive, uh, Gmail, and Google Photos. More in the notes. Now, I had my original Hotmail account. I've had it since I was about oh, 18 or 19. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, just my name at hotmail.com. And um, they just shut that down one day. I couldn't access it anymore for some reason. I tried and tried and tried to access it. I couldn't access it. They were saying that the name and the email were already taken. And I'm like, yeah, I know by me. 
Um, but I, I never got that one back, so I had to change it to an Outlook account, which I still was allowed to use uh, at Hotmail. Yeah. Uh, so I've, 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 uh, yeah, I still use my at Hotmail address, but <laughs> it's not my main email account anymore. Anyway, I now have a Google account, which I use as my main account, which again is just my my name and at Gmail. Um, so um, I got I got that back by signing up to Gmail. And that's been my main account ever since. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I understand them wanting to charge for over 15 gig. I would too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if 100 bucks a year is a bit steep. Um, it's about the same as Google anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. You have to, you know, at some point, you, you know, you're going to have to pay for the storage you're using. They're nice enough to give you a free email. You know, if you go over that, that the quota, you know, like 15, yeah. gig, which is yeah. a lot of storage, especially just for emails. That's thousands P- and thousands how many of photos are Pinch how many photos are in the emails, but that's the challenge. Oh, yeah, 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 true. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think that's all yeah. right. I, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think, yeah. Uh, story five. So Apple releases a Chrome extension for iCloud passwords. The Verge reports Apple has released an official extension for the Windows and Mac versions of Chrome that lets users store their passwords in your iCloud keychain. For anyone who uses Chrome as their browser and iCloud keychain in lieu of a dedicated password manager, this could make bouncing between the Windows and Mac's computers much easier. The release of the extension means that if you use Safari to automatically generate strong passwords on other platforms, those will now be available to you in Chrome when you're prompted for a login. Passwords created in Chrome for Windows will also sync back to iCloud, so they'll be available on Apple devices as well, which is cool. The extension is called iCloud Passwords and is available now in the Chrome Web Store. Details of the functionality were prematurely revealed last week in an update for an iCloud Windows 10 app, which listed support for iCloud Passwords Chrome extension as a new feature, despite the extension not having been released or otherwise announced. Again, there are more in the show notes. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. It's keeping everyone happy and keeping your passwords secure. How are you? (laughs) Hey, Mason. Hey, Hunter. Hello, boys. I can hear Levi going. I can hear Levi (laughs) going, I pa, I pa. (laughs) That's me. And proud. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear him going, hi. Um, <laughs> that's why we do it from home and not in a studio so we can have our that's extra right. little bit of fun yeah story he's six to <laughs> yep he's still talking to and he's still here trying to talk to us that's all right. um, is that <laughs> is that app spying on you here's how to read iPhone privacy label the Washington Post reported you've figured out how to read the nutrition label on a package of food but what's the equivalent of too much fat or sugar when it comes to health of your apps? That's an excellent question. Yes. A lot of the apps now, I'll talk about that at the end. 
In December 2020, Apple added nutrition labels for privacy to protect pages listings in its iPhone and iPad app store. Located in boxes near the bottom of app listings, the labels are an alternative to those long privacy policies that nobody reads. Yeah, which is page true, and page and does. pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's matter. It matters because data harvest from your phone can be used by not only annoying advertisers but also politicians to manipulate you and governments to track you. Oh, look out! <laughs> Here if we you come. take the time to read the labels, you might make sure uh, make some surprising discoveries. What are you looking for? In short, apps grabbing more of your data than they need to get the uh, to need to get the job done. Try putting apps with similar functions against each other. You can see, for example, that the Zoom video chat app says it takes six kinds of data linked to your identity, while rival Cisco where, uh, Webex meetings says it collects no data beyond what's required for the app to run. There's more words, in the, the, in the, the camera and the microphone, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, so yeah, you get an app that's, say, say it's a note-taking app. Yeah. Why does it need access to your... Um, Bluetooth, or why does it need yeah. access to your camera or your microphone? Unless it's yeah. specifically well, you, micro- you can dictate not, to it. A note take might want your microphone because you might dictate to it. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, other than that, most apps now too will ask, can we uh, harvest data? You know? Yeah, if they're forced uh, to do that, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I've had a few apps of late that yeah. I was looking at saying, uh, if you're using us, can we harvest your data? And I said, no, you cannot. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> so, but I'm yes. saying that Facebook absolutely spy on you, 100%. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that that happens because it's too coincidental about talking about things uh, to people around me and then go on to either Facebook or one of that or Google and then they have the ads about exactly what you're talking about or what you're looking for or... Everything like, oh, you might be interested in this. Well, how else would you know that unless you weren't spying on us? But anyway. <laughs> That's why you can go yeah. in and turn off, like go to Facebook, turn off, make sure there's no yeah. microphone, no camera. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and- no, I, I've, I've done all of that now and I only allow it to use photos that I say they can use as well. Yeah. So it says, can I access this? I say no, but I can I can go in and out of my photos and add, add and take away photos that I want. Yeah, yeah. In there, so. And then there's also, um, like on the newer iPhones, iPads and the Macs. Yep. The LED, if the LED is on, the for example, the camera's on. Yeah. Because it'll actually light up that the camera is on. Yeah, and there's no way of there is no way of turning the camera on without the LED coming on. Yeah, right? you used to be able to do that. You can't now. Just yeah. basically, it's on the same power line. So if it's got power to the yeah, camera, the, the camera's on. The yeah. lights are on. And again, on your phone and your iPad, um, the newer ones, there's a light for your microphone as well. Oh, a little coloured light at the top right. 
to tee your yep. microphones on. So next time you're actually awesome. talking on the phone, have a look. Yep, yep, cool. Yeah, it's important to know these things. So anything else before we just get near the end here? Oh, no, there's a how-to again for you. Yep. So I, I love this bit. Again, in our most, renewed effort to... Most of I learned something new. <laughs> so again, in our renewed effort to leave you with at least one how-to each week, Safari for iPhone lets advertisers track your clicks. Here's how to disable it. Thanks to gadget hacks, Apple wants to support the advertising economy, but its primary focus of late has been privacy, user privacy and security. In Safari, cross-site tracking, which lets content providers track you across websites and apps to show you more targeted ads, is disabled by default. However, content providers can get around that using less privacy-invasive ad measurements, but you can stop that too in iOS 14.5. The feature in question is called Private Click Measurement, or PCM, which is something Apple has been working on for years and hopes to become a web standard that all web browsers will implement, not just Safari. Mozilla has been actively discussing the project with Apple and it could be included in Firefox one day. And Apple is also talking with Brave, Chrome and Edge about it. Now, how to delete the stored clicks. Sorry. Here you go. When does uh, 14.5 come out? Uh, the beta version's out now, so about a week. Yeah, cool, because I only just updated 14.4. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got some more about that in a minute. Um, Yeah, so how to delete your stored clicks. The new feature definitely helps support advertisers and app and website owners by not blocking ads, but it also protects user privacy. Still, if you want to clear the stored ad measurements clicks in your Safari browser, you can. Sword clicks can be deleted whenever you delete website data, and that can be done by navigating to Settings, Safari, Advanced, Website Data. Here you can tap on Remove All Web... Pardon me. Remove All Website Data to start clean. You can also delete from Settings, Safari, Clear History and Website Data, but this will also erase your browsing history. So, again, there's more on our link in the show notes lastly in last week's release of 14.5 beta iphone unlock when wearing a face mark was was released it has a condition that you're wearing an apple watch and have a passcode activated on your apple watch and so far so if i've got a mask on and i look at it it realizes who i am and then unlocks it with my watch now really lastly if they want to give your partner easier access to your iPhone or your iPad, go to Settings, Face ID and Passcode, and let them set up the alternative appearance. And it's been, wake, been working great on my wife's and my iPhones because we set it up while we were away. So neither okay. of us have to enter the passcode for the phone every time we want to look something up on each other's phone. Yeah. So, just it's all done with the face now it's one of the settings and it's called alternative appearance excellent that's awesome and it works great and that's in the current version of the software so we've got the i've got nothing else yeah so the show notes yeah 
show notes link each week on the show upload. The link being aussiemagazine.com.au forward slash AMZ369. There you will see the last six weeks of show notes. You can email Michael or Zahn at aussiemaxzone.com.au. However you listen to us, please make sure you give us a rating. Help us find others, you know, to find us. So yep, give us a thumbs right. up. Give us a few stars. Even if you, yep. you know, only want to give us two and a half stars, that's fine. At least we've got that's stars. That's fine. Yes. You know? <laughs> and thanks to you, our listeners, the most important supporters we have. And now over to Zahn for the infamous sign-off. All right, guys. It's been a great Monday. Hope to see you next week. Remember, on Apple a day, it keeps the androids away. See you later. That one. <laughs>